This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. From South China Morning Post, this is Inside China Tech. Insights into what matters. Come work for us because we are 996. Are you okay? I studied Alibaba in 1999 in my apartment. Speed and data, and that's where China comes in. Here are your hosts, Zen Su and Chua Kong Ho. Zen, so do you spend a lot of time online or on your phone? You mean except when I'm not sleeping? Yeah, I think in this day and age, most people do spend a lot of time on the internet. I feel like in every five or ten minutes, I'm picking up my phone because I want to check if I got a message on WhatsApp or if I have a notification on Facebook. So while I don't know the exact amount of time I spend online every day, I am fairly confident that it is a significant amount. Right, so today we're going to talk about internet addiction and how it gets treated in China. I think most of us are not internet addicts, but we all have moments where we just can't seem to put down our phones or stop binge-watching a Netflix series. But the reason we are doing this story is that just last year, in 2018, the World Health Organization classified gaming addiction as a disease, giving it an official name of gaming disorder. New alert from the World Health Organization about video game addiction. The organization is now designating gaming disorder as a mental health condition. ABC's Deborah Roberts. But is what here you might not know is that 10 years ago in 2008, China had already classified internet addiction as a disease, which naturally encompasses addiction to gaming. As a result, we saw many so-called internet addiction centers being set up and there was controversy over how some of the treatment was conducted at these centers. Back then, treatments varied among the centers. In some places, treatments included not just counseling, but military discipline, drugs, hypnosis, and even electroshock therapy. There were stories of patients being physically abused or even killed at some centers. Eventually, China stepped in to better regulate the industry, but internet addiction continues to plague 10% of teenagers in China along with their families. One of our technology reporters, Celia Chen, got a chance to visit a treatment center in suburban Beijing. We have her on the phone today with us to share more. Hi, Celia. Uh, hello, everyone. So tell us, what was the treatment center like? So this particular treatment center I visit is called in Chinese, Adolescent Psychological Development Base is about half an hour drive from downtown Beijing. When you walk onto the grounds, you realize that the center is a connection of buildings. There are dormitories for mostly teenager patients and their parents, a canteen and a separate building where patients receive treatment. There are also ping-pong tables and basketball courts on the ground. They all look quite shabby. You know, I was quite surprised by how shabby the center was. It's clear that there is some military discipline in this center. When you walk into the drum room, There are two bunk beds on each side. In between them, there is a desk by the window. Everything is neatly lined up from the water bottles on the desk to the shoes uh, under the beds. That's really interesting. It seems that in China, 
uh, they really do equate discipline with a kind of very military-style training. So who runs this center? The center is run by the former People's Liberation Army officer called Tao Ran. He used to run the Army Psychology Unit. Tao Ran has been leading this treatment center since it was founded by Beijing Military Hospital in 2006. When we got this opportunity to visit the center this June, I got a chance to talk with Tao Ran as well as some patients and their parents. Unfortunately, this was a supervised visit. Huh. All the interviewees, including the patients and the parents, are assigned by the center. So how does the center treat internet addiction? According to Tao Ran, their treatment revolves around five main aspects. The use of medicine, psychology, education, social experience, and family therapy. And there is no access to digital devices, including mobile phones and computers. Um, so he told me that they have doctors, uh, counselors for medical treatment and psychological consulting. In the day, patients attend classes and military-style drills. And a social experience, he told me that they arrange sharing sessions from recovered patients and put on positive, uplifting films to encourage the patients. Lastly, it's mandatory to have at least one of their parents to stay in the center with the kid. This is quite unique role of the center because they believe parents are responsible for the teenager's internet addiction. I see. So that's why they have dorm buildings also for the patient's parents. Right. So he, he thinks that a dysfunctional relationship between parents and their children is the primary cause of internet addiction. What types of children are more likely to be addicted to the internet? First, most of these children lack a strong father figure in their lives. It's not because they don't have a dad or that they come from a broken family. It's just that their fathers may not be around much. And so they spend very little time with their fathers and rarely communicate with them. Second, they often have an overbearing mother who may be a control freak. She may be always worried that her child might fall behind and may have extremely high expectations of her child. These two situations usually bring negative consequences to the child because they end up facing a lot of pressure. Some of these children turn to the internet as a result. So how do you diagnose someone as having an internet addiction? First, is the internet usage affecting their academic, social, and personal life? Second, has their behavior hurt other people around them, such as their parents? If they meet both conditions and they feel extremely upset and anxious when the internet is cut off, then they are diagnosed to be an internet addict. So that's pretty similar to the World Health Organization's definition of uh, gaming disorder, except that the symptoms have to be present for at least a year. Uh, right. So I talked to one of the parents whose son is going through the treatment in the center. 
She told me that her son played video games in bed for thirty-nine days straight. 等于就是他就是你看三十九天在床上。He stayed in bed for thirty-nine days consecutively. The only time he'd leave his bed was to go to the bathroom, and he didn't even care about food. If you fed him, he'd eat, but he was also fine to go without food. He would spend every waking second to play games. Her son did not want to talk to anyone. He shut himself out from the real world. Cho said they had seen the best psychologists in Beijing, but that did not help. He even described her son's addiction as end of the world for her family. So, how do you get someone who's not even willing to get out of bed to go to a treatment center where he has absolutely no access to the internet? Good question. Basically,、uh, most addicts, about ninety percent, are kind of、uh, tricked into going to the center. If we told him the truth, he would never come to the center. We discussed this with him, and he was very against it. It took us some time to learn about this center and be sure that they would treat their patients properly, with no corporal punishment involved. Once we decided to send him, the staff from the center came to our home to pick him up. 去接的，就是他们的话呢，也用了一点技巧。For the staff, they have their own tricks to get the children to follow them. In our case, Our child is quite gullible or naive, you can say, and so he just got up and went with them. The next thing he knew, he realized that he had arrived at the treatment center. And what did he do when he found out that it was all a lie to lure him there? Cho, you know, the mom told me that her son was full of hatred for for his parents. In the first couple of weeks, he hated us very, very much. He wrote many letters to us about how he hated us and felt betrayed by the closest people to him. But gradually, he started to understand why it was important for him to undergo treatment. Gradually, he came around and started to understand why we did this. He started to realize that we had done this as the last resort, and it was the right thing to do. According to Tao Ren, ninety percent of patients do not come to the center voluntarily. They are so addicted that they do not spend time thinking about why they should get better, why they should get out of that addiction. Naturally, once they realize that they have been tricked, they tend to rebel and can even get violent and aggressive to the staff. One of the patients I talked to. Uh, react so badly and said that the staff eventually tied him up. They have two strategies to deal with people who fight back. One is to correct the behavior. The other is to restrain. Correction means leaving the patient in a dark room, leaving them to reflect on their actions. Restraint is more extreme. For patients who react very aggressively or violently. 
In these cases, the patients would be tied to the bed until they calm down. I asked him if he had ever stayed in that room before. Yes. When I first arrived, I was very upset. I didn't know where I was and didn't want to stay here at all. I wanted to see my parents, but the officers didn't let me. We clashed, and I was tied to the bed for half a day. Is it long to be there for 24 hours? I asked. 24 hours in confinement is considered short. Normally, it's about two to three days. It could even be as long as a week. When I checked this with the standards director Tao Ren, he refused to elaborate more on how they treat extremely uh, rebellious patients, saying that they sent those patients away. Hmm. So, Celia, how's the recovery rate in the center? Tao Ren claimed that more than 85% of their patients would fully recover after they uh, stayed in the center. And by the way, in, the, in his office, there are many silk banners sent by the parents filled with words of praising and gratitude. And you know, a lot of the framed picture will he posted with celebrities. And this is certainly not the first time Tao had media over. The center was frequently visited by medias, um, I think including the state uh, backed medias, also the international medias. So this is the place and the personnel that is widely recognized. Was there anything that led you to be skeptical about how the center ran its treatments? Um, not really. The center actually was quite open to explain the kinds of treatment they offered to the patients. And however, the center was not willing to elaborate on any more extreme measures they adopt. The center claims it does not use any controversial method like electroshock therapy or corporal punishment. As such methods were employed by some centers in the early years, which led to the government crackdown and the regulation of those treatment centers. As I cannot sit in the treatment session for patients uh, due to the privacy, I was unable to verify what kind of treatment uh, patients undergo. Throughout his more than 10 years at this treatment center, what changes has he seen? The numbers of female patients and patients from rural areas are increasing. Well, in recent years, more kids are getting addicted to the internet. Nowadays, smartphones are so prevalent that younger and younger children are becoming addicts. The youngest patient we've had was 9 years old, and the oldest was a 30-year-old. Additionally, the number of female addicts has increased. When we first started, about 5% of patients were female, and now it is 11%. They used to be from urban areas, but now we get kids from rural villages as well. So it's getting more diverse and polarizing in terms of demographics. And he attributes this mainly to China's rapid internet development. China's internet development happened so fast across the country. Easy access to the internet is the main reason that internet addiction became more widespread. Additionally, Chinese kids are stressed out from school. 
going online is a relatively economical, convenient, and easy way for entertainment. So, Celia, prior to visiting this center, did you have any preconceptions, and did your views change after visiting them? Um, at first, when I visit, I do not expect that the staff would speak to me so openly about what they did at the center. Even the parents were quite happy to share with me about their thoughts around the internet addiction and the experience in dealing with their children's addiction. So that really took me by surprise. And, you know, to many of the patients, you know, the teenagers I spoke to, I was so pleasantly surprised to find them that they have indeed changed for better. You know, in the center, they do not have mobile phones or computers. Then they have time to think about their behaviors and think about how to get out out of the addiction, internet addiction. You know, uh, in many cases, the teenagers, um, they know the addiction is an active thing and they are unable to stop themselves. You know, in the center, they do not have uh, mobile phones and computers and then they have time to think about uh, how they can get out of the internet addiction and, you know, think about um, how the addiction hurt the family and themselves. And I was quite surprised the teenagers have to stay in the center for such a long time, from six months to over one year. Okay, thanks very much, Celia, for sharing all of this with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So if you liked today's episode, please do follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher or Simalaya. This episode is produced and edited by Yang Yang. We'd like to thank our colleague Celia Chen as well as our intern King Wu. If you'd like to read more stories about China Tech, do visit us at scmp.com tech. Join our Facebook group that's called Inside China Tech. Just send us a request to join and we'll approve it. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Zensu. And mine is at Chua Kong Ho. See you next time. Bye. Bye.